0: Relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan.
1: <laughs> Viral sensation Ron Funches. Oh, because the Outcast thing? Yeah, that made me listen to Outcast's entire discography the other day while just growing weed, which it was an insanely amazing day to do that. They pop on my
0: stuff quite frequently, so I think to me it was like, I was like, oh, Ron must be high listening to Outcast." when he tweeted that, and then the next day I was like, oh, he has he said some shit, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that though. That's and to my to our generation, arguably, come on. Do you know what I mean? That's not what this podcast is. We shouldn't even start that. Like people are gonna it will generate a lot of I think social social media comments though, just us saying that. Uh so we did make (laughs) a mistake. But you should also check out Ron on Discovery Plus on Chopped 420. Uh it's a really cool show. It's like Chopped, but they do it with weed stuff. Uh, so, that's pretty dope. And can I say... Shout out... No, not shout out, but that show, Sasquatch. So disappointed. Uh, Could have went real cool with it, but the way they went with it was... I get it. They're trying to make money and sell the fucking TV show, but... Well... A documentary or TV show needs to be done correctly about Humboldt County. Maybe we'll do it one day, but we did do a goddamn great season on Humboldt that really kind of explains what that place truly is. We're going to go back and do some more stuff, just because I always want to be connected to that place. I think it makes you a better person. Absolutely. Uh, but now... We're on season three, See, Colorado. It's, it's different, and I love it's different. It's good, different. Everything different's good, mostly most of the time. But this is a fun vibe, uh, totally different vibe. This is here's the fun thing about this season so far that Mike and I that we, so far what we've recorded, we don't have to say a whole lot, Mm-mm. and I don't mean that in a bad bad way. I don't mean that, like, I think it is like, we have interviewed people that understand how to get their message across and have a lot of information to give and know how to give it. So it's, it's so as like a host for me, sometimes it's like, this is great. I'm not like, (laughs) like a couple of times I was like, oh, you haven't said anything like seven minutes. So I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. (laughs) <laughs> uh, just because I'm just soaking up this guy's giving us he's one of the coolest people we've talked to and we've talked to some amazing people do you know what I mean? like just his story there's some of his story and the way he says it casually is also like some of those humble old timers too how they just say crazy stuff really casually and you're like hey that's it's not a okay well we should highlight that that's insane
1: but this is Go ahead. Well, I honestly just kind of feel like we're in a stoner version of West Wing right now. Like, that's what it feels like. Because it's just people puffing hard, but they're just so on and they're talking about stuff and they're excited. They're talking about policy and stuff, but they're still hitting the vape pen after dropping some knowledge. And it's just getting me so hyped up. You're right. Do the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Sean Coleman. (laughs)
2: The clarinet lamp, I never got, it. so um, I, it is a clarinet lamp, that is true. Um, the bulb also plays music, so you can play music through the clarinet lamp, so that's kind of cool. Um, I am a clarinetist. I've never played this particular clarinet. This clarinet was given to me for the sole purpose of trying to get into a lamp, because that's what you do with old clarinets, when clarinets get old and worn out. So unlike other instruments like oboes and bassoons, violins, recorders, even, they get better with age, and you want find the old one you can find blah 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 um clarinets um because uh instead of being made with nice wood they you know were made with um african exploited wood because of colonialism so they're cheap um but then you get low, low quality as well so, they, so they, they usually the way they've been made for the past under 200 years or so uh, are you know out of uh, african black wood out of gets completely exploited very cheap but they don't last very long It last you know 10 15 years and then after that, you turn them into lamps. So there's if you look, you can buy you buy a clarinet lamps for all kinds, like cheap ones. Um, but like most clarinet players have a clarinet that used to be a clarinet in their house. I actually just bought some very uh I mean I buy just bought, I mean I just paid deposit on some nice new modern uh, made um non-exploitive wood clarinets, like organically well sourced. Um, box with clarinets from a German maker, handcrafted. Of course, these clarinets are not cheap, and it's yeah. a way you need to get them. So, in a year or so, um, this clarinet, which is my current clarinet, which is definitely one of these old blood clarinets from you know building France, from the uh, blood countries, this would be a lamp. Um, but today, it still plays. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. That yeah, that, that that's that story.
1: See, we got to learn about clarinets today on Grown Locals, not just oh, about Canada.
2: Right, yeah, I mean, can now, now, whenever you see a clarinet player with a black instrument, if you look at it, and it's a Frenchman, you can say, "Oh, look at you, man! Look, at your explo- exploitation clarinet, man! You and your blood clarinet."
0: That's what I was, it. That's what I took out of it. I was like, "Man, I could talk mad <laughs> yeah. shit about that." I'd be like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. man, do you, you, you understand what you're, who you're exploiting by playing that clarinet?" <laughs>
2: That's right. That's right. That's right. Because they're probably gonna think, oh, well, you know, I'm a musician, so therefore no, like give give it to them, man. Give it to them. Yeah.
1: Her. yeah. It'll, it makes Sing Sing a whole nother song now. It's like, <laughs> oh layers on top of layers. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. So you are a musician? So yeah. Um I um, was I, so I guess I the, I wouldn't say I'm a
2: recovering planetist because that works both ways. I um was a was principal client of the Wyoming Symphony for, for many years. Um and um, I, I went to Julia was where I went for, for college. So like that's my training, my life and the whole world is I was in the world class music. Um and then I um, I live in Boulder, Colorado now. And uh there was during the Bush administration, like a lot of musicians, I was you know a uh, misguided, unguided liberal. You know, I, I had lots of things that I that I was sure I was right about. I had no base to believe in them. Um, anyway I was upset mm-hmm. at the bush administration for whatever they did that I thought was wrong and I was watching city council because I uh, needed a better hobby and um, and I was uh, watching Cedar, the city council vote uh, always I think it was like five it was like like eight to one or something like this or seven to two, something about to uh to, to count these prairie dogs in this field where the person who was gonna get the money to count them, there's a significant amount of money was like please don't give me this money because I cannot do this job. This is a waste of tax place. Please don't do it. Like, don't don't give me this money. And they're like, oh, we got to do it. So I was like, that's it. I'm running for city council out of completely misguided anger. And then after that, that's how I ended up going to the revolving door. Um, I was got involved in Boulder city politics. And then at the time, there was a young gentleman on the Colorado School Board who was also lived in Boulder by the name of Jerry Polis, who decided to run for Congress. And so I uh, got into a pretty public argument with him uh, <laughs> about, about a ballot measure he was running, which I
0: vehemently disagree what with. What does pretty views. public argument mean?
2: Oh, in front of large portions of the Boulder County Democratic Party um, about this ballot measure. They all agree with and I definitely disagree with. Um, but, you know, we had a good conversation as a result of it. And so when he won his congressional seat, he hired me to be on the staff. And that's how I ended up working on cannabis policy.
0: Well, tip of the wow. that is hail, I mean, that is a rare story in politics where they're like, Man, this dude bugged the shit out of me, so I hired him.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that, that was well well, get, that's right. Well, I mean, I think that um Jerry I mean is, you did
0: it for good, but it's like just I'm just saying.
2: Oh, well, I'm glad you said that because I mean I I, I think that um, you know, and I and I say this with absolute Admiration, and endearment. I think this was self-interested on John part. I mean, he um, saw in me some, and we were, and, and, and it was likewise. I mean, because again, you know, at the time, he was just some dude, and I was just some dude. We we're just some dudes having some argument, right? So, um, you know, I think what we both saw in each other was that the, that the the we were disagreeing on reasoned points. It wasn't like, oh, I just think you're wrong, as if I want to be right. It's like yeah, I think you're wrong. I can tell that I'm not going to change your mind because I understand why you think you're right. Because why you think you're right is not crazy, it's just an alternate view
0: yeah. of things.
2: It's just a way that things can be, and both can actually coexist. So, I think that's the reason why. Um, that you know, when um, he went to DC, um, and you know, very quickly learned that Congress is. Exactly what it is, right? It's an old institution that likes to do things a certain old stoic way. And certainly, one of the things that's um, very prominent is that um, because it's an institution, because it's its own unique skill set, it's its own world of things that you just have to know to function in there. Most of the people who work there, you know, are for quote unquote from there, right? You know, which is to say that um, a lot of people who are congressional staffers, the legislative direct, the legislative staff, legislative directors, when People are on you know, C-SPAN saying, oh, you didn't even read the bill. Of course he didn't read the bill or write it or any of these things because they're across the street raising money for their campaign. It is the legislative staff that's doing the reading and the writing and the research and all these things. Now, of course, these people may or may not have any information about the subject matter either. For example, here was a Juilliard graduate, a player, um, you know, writing uh, They're working on, on Dodd-Frank. Right, uh, which the form of the financial services. Uh, but now, grant granted. At the time, Alan Greenspan was chair of the Fed, and he is a clarinet player, and he did go to Juilliard. But then he, you know, transferred to Columbia and studied economics afterwards. So I was going to say he show- took
0: a different <laughs> path
2: after. <laughs> he, did it. he did. He did. Yeah. He 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 worked on financial policy after learning something about it. I started um I went to. I started working on financial policy before learning anything about it because that is the Juilliard way.
1: Could you at least play clarinet for people while they got bored reading all that legislative? uh... No,
2: Um, so that's why I say recovering clarinet. So um, I, uh, you know, once I started, once you go into revolving door of of the world of policy, you may not realize you went through it, but then it just keeps spinning. So um, I worked in um, Jared's office in D.C. for um, a few years, which is when I began working on cannabis policy, actually. Um, and uh, I guess, I, I mean, I, I don't know uh, who in and, uh, and your audience knows or knows about this or knows him or knew him, um, I should say. But actually, the uh, very first meeting I had um, on cannabis policy when I became, which at the time was medical marijuana policy. Um, uh, this is back in 2009, 2008, 2009, um, was with Aaron Houston and Steve Fox. Steve Fox, he passed away uh, yesterday. Uh, was one of the uh, you know you know very I mean you know to say that someone is an is, is an early leader in in cannabis policy reform is you know I mean who, who, how how far have to go back but in terms of where we are today in terms of the strategy that got us from two states legal to most of the country most people live in uh, some version of 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 cannabis liberation if not complete. Um, that work started with, you know, folks like Steve Fox and Rob Campion, the, really the, the, the coalescing of this strategy that got us to where we are. So it is, you know, a loss for, for uh, that, this community um, that, you know, and, you know, one of the things I have enjoyed about being a lobbyist, actually, is that it's backstage, Right um being a performer being a contest, it's you're in front of the stage i mean everything you do is like you're drawing attention to yourself you want to um you know make your voice heard but you know if you're being the most effective in the work that i do now it's you are it, it's not really great to have a bunch of people knowing <laughs> you know too much more about you than the opinion and policy you're selling at the time right because we're all human beings so no matter how objective anybody in policy making um, wants to believe they are we're all people whether you're a lobbyist a lawmaker let's say what have you so the more i know about somebody the the less valuable the the less value your opinion on a specific subject becomes because it's now being balanced with everything else i know about you so it's like oh well you know you're a great cellist but you're an asshole. so like i gotta balance those things right so uh you know in in the world of uh typically when you're working on um, which, you know, during the time that I started working on it and most of the time that I have worked on it, though, I would say it's not quite so this way anymore, working on a controversial policy, but even still, I would say it's still a leading edge moving policy. Um, you don't want to really give people who are going to be opposed to what you're doing too many opportunities to, uh, uh to be opposed to you. So uh in in many ways the less they know about you the the better um because it's 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 you just have almost a good opportunity to add credibility to your argument as to diminish it by mentioning this oh yeah didn't we go to college back together back in you know 94 it's like oh yeah that was you (laughs) right so 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 so, you know when, when uh you know uh the reason why I many people probably don't know the name C Fox is because he was doing his job. That's why you're not supposed to know his name. But it's because he was doing his job that, um, and 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 uh, pick a state that you're in that uh, if you have cannabis legalization, um, the, the the work that um, Steve Fox, Aaron Houston, Rob Campy, who were my early mentors in this space, uh, were doing. Um, you know, that's why we're here.
1: So when you first got into doing this uh, type of work on legislation for legalization, you know, in the medical park, was that your first introduction to that side of cannabis? What was, you know, your previous past with cannabis? Um, You know, how did how did that work? Was it something personal that you wanted to work on with it? So uh,
2: the way a congressional office works is that you have the, the congressman, the member who's, you know, the person, you know, the person C-SPAN. And then if you're, if you're watching C-SPAN, um, like I do, well, I'm sure nobody else is, but I do um, the people sit though, the people sitting behind those incredibly handsome people sitting behind them, shuffling papers and whispering here, those are legislative staff. That's people like I do. And when, and, and a legislative office is going to have some number of staffers, five, six, however many um, all with, different policy areas to you, you, you focus on to keep your boss the congressman apprised on those issues to recommend how to vote on legislation, things like that. So um, in my portfolio, when I got to DC was um, Financial Services and uh, the Postal Service. So the two major things that was worked, by the way, Postal Services is bankrupt, but it's fine, they've been bankrupt for 20 years, it's okay. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, Financial Services world was, obviously you know a, a big thing because that was the uh, 2000 um the, the beginning at the end of the 2008 crash going into the 2009 recovery in the beginning of the Obama administration so um when that sort of and, and and because of mr pulse's uh his own background in finance and business i think he was one of the leaders in democratic caucus on that bill particularly which is you know particularly impressive for a freshman because at which he was at the time so once that sort of settled down you know um here i am you know a legislative staffer you know you know on the on the taxpayer dime i can't be doing nothing right so um we need a new well, project i mean you can <laughs> sure. no i i agree with you with that i agree with you with that but you know i couldn't so um <laughs> um so so we need a new project and so uh the uh, Colorado was one of the, at the time, only 11 states that had a medical marijuana program. And there was no real leadership in our congregation, our, I was going to say congregation, um, a, a delegation um, on the issue. Um, so uh, Mr. Poles being entrepreneurial, it was like, well, I'm going to take this issue on. So we decided to take on the issue of marijuana business making. At the time, I say cannabis now, at the time, medical marijuana business making. Um, we decided to take this issue on and what we discovered, of course, was that, um, this apps is absolutely legal for banks to work with medical marijuana businesses or, or really any business they want to, so long as
1: they're ADE. not, <laughs> that two ADE, we've talked so, okay, so about 2 ADE, and-
2: 2 ADE is a completely different issue, right? So you so is say two ADE is a completely different issue. The banking issue was actually, is a. Political issue still is, although to a lesser extent, I mean, now I think, I mean, I, I think I can't remember the exact numbers in Colorado right now, but I think about 80 to 90% of the industry is bank now because um, it's like any other thing with banks, their thing is making money. And for them, it was a political issue. On the one hand, they're trying to fight Dodd Frank saying, we're conservatives, we, we're, we're blah, 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 is We can't be dealing with drug money. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, this, again, remember 2009, right? 11 states, you know, maybe half a billion dollar medical marijuana. industry saying, we need banking services. And they're like, yeah, we don't care about that half a billion dollars because that's not even real money because you know how much Dodd-Frank's going to cost us? And, like, like we don't have time for that, right? So so it was a all-time and still is a political thing. That's why it's sort of, um, you know, gone to the side. Uh, whereas 2DE is a huge thing because of that archaic uh, aspect of the federal tax code um, for a... a, a, a Quick rerun for the uh, audience to not offend their intelligence because everyone knows exactly what we're talking about. Um, The uh, law designed so that if someone was an international drug kingpin, that they couldn't use their millions and billions of dollars of profits to just hire expensive lawyers and defend themselves and get out of trouble, which they were doing on a fairly regular basis. So what do you do? You starve the beast. You say, okay, if you want to sell drugs, that's cool. Pay your taxes. Right. And your taxes are going to be a lot because you can't deduct business expenses because what you're doing is against the law, dude. You can't be breaking the law and getting discounts at the same time. That's not good. So if you want to break the law, that's fine. Pay your taxes full price, which the net result for a, a, a cannabis business, depending on which segment of the industry they're in today is that if you are say a, um, just a cultivator of cannabis, and you somehow are and still in the portion of your business growth where you're constantly growing, building new facilities, adding new equipment, blah blah blah, constantly investing in business, your tax rate looks pretty normal actually. Like I pretty much almost because cost of goods, which ironically anything involving the actual cultivation of cannabis, totally tax deductible. That's all good. Which can't tax is the employees, the insurance the advertising all the other, all the other ways that the rest of corporate america is on welfare cannabis businesses have to pay full price rent right so so um and reality is you know to to the extent that you know not everybody's always wrong um you know i mean we've all tried to live in our, on our income right it's not that easy to live on your income you need like that. Like I gotta live on just my salary, and so what the federal government is telling Canada businesses um, that unlike any other business, like you actually have to live on your salary, which obviously you can't do that in America. This is America, so um <laughs> it is, is, is a is a is a huge issue for a number of re- reasons. For one, um, that for the federal government, it is a fiscal ticking time bomb now since they have so many other fiscal problems, it's probably not gonna be that big of a deal. But the reality is that um, I think in the time that we got introduced to each other, two more states have added legal, right? So like, I mean, New York and, and Virginia, right? So, I mean, obviously we're not gonna have, that just that just happened to be this week, right? But, but um, the point being that as each state comes online with a retail cannabis program, those states will then have businesses those businesses will then start paying taxes. Almost every state, because um states are like, oh, we need these businesses to survive because now we have them <laughs> and they now as a constituency, um, they always do um 280 relief at the state level. Colorado did it pretty much right away. Most states follow suit. Um, but at the federal level, um they are required to pay these taxes. The thing about that is that it's not real money, right? These this is, these are, this is not the tax rate these businesses are supposedly paying. They're only paying this rate out of an accident of something that is not tax law, right? Canada's prohibition is not tax law. So there is this tax law impact on this thing that is not tax law, which is a very dangerous thing because one of them can move without the other one having any say so whatsoever. So all anybody in Congress has to do is any number of ways that you could legalize cannabis either on purpose or by accident. And then all of a sudden, now the federal government will have a multi-billion dollar budget hole because all those Kuwait E taxes received they should have been getting all of a sudden just instantly go away. Right? So the reason for so the conservative Republican argument to to legalize now and do it quick is because every day you don't do it, it gets more expensive. So do it now while it's comparatively cheap.
1: It's nice when you can actually talk in a language in which they understand when you're like, hey, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, I have a few friends who, you know, even with their federal taxes, they're like, you know, you can refile for a couple of years in the past, depending upon if you feel like you were overtaxed or something oh, like that. Yeah. So once 280E, you know, it no longer impacts cannabis, some of the guys are like, I'm going to refile and see if I can actually get some of that money. So back.
2: the, uh, you know, when, 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 I'm, if ever asked someone, you know, whether they should invest in the cannabis business, you know, my, what I asked them is like, you know, how much money do they have? And I tell them whatever they have, when it's like, well, um, what I would do with that amount my money is take a nap, and then you're going to do much better off um, because of 280E, right? However, if you survive 280E for all these years, having created all these mechanisms and ways that you can buy all these efficiencies to survive 280E, well, when that 80% burden goes away, you see, that's probably going to be a pretty nice day, right? So even if you're not refiling, just that year alone, because you're expecting to not have 80% of the money that you're now going to have. And the thing is, nobody knows what is going to happen. It's definitely a win, right? It's, it's not it's not an if question. It's a win. Um, and when it happens, you know, that's going to be a, a, a pretty good day for everybody except the Office of Management and Budget
1: because <laughs> we've literally just been swinging with a donut on our baseball back this whole time you know we're well uh, well, t- well,
2: well uh, or uh, except that that that, that the, the donut um was loaded with pennies that drip out only when it crosses the the, the plate and the federal taxman is right at the plate i mean that, it, it's the craziest thing but um yeah but you know it's not going to last forever
1: no, I'm very excited and hoping for the day that changes, you know, because my cousin owns a dispensary and what he has to do for federal taxes is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, Not snitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's paying it all. He's totally yeah. very fearful that they would put a magnifying glasses because it's cannabis but, you know, just the, the the amount of extra money he has to pay because it's not the only business. He also has a store where he sells nutrients and uh, soil and other stuff like that. And he's like, how come I get to write everything off here, but I can't write anything off over here? So it's definitely an exciting time for what... So
2: the 280E is one component and i now you know speculate which if if any of the components themselves was enough um gotta be careful
0: look you guys listen the lobbyist is watching his words you gotta be careful
2: (laughs) (laughs) well 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 because it's about whether or not i was wrong that's why Uh, (laughs) 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 so at the beginning and remember like I mean, so and, and and I forgot to say this because 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 one of the things that um, I should also mention about uh, uh, about gov- now, governor politics is, is also pretty funny. It's pretty funny, and also I mean, and that's actually true. A lot of people in politics, I mean, uh, they tend to be good people or to have rat. I mean, if you think about the skill sets that re- that's required of you to uh, um, be effective in certainly electoral office, which unfortunately comes first. I think that electoral off electoral skills and governing skills. Are actually different and in many instances contrary skills um but you got to have the electoral ones first otherwise you're not going to get elected and they certainly can't govern but those ones i mean those are the only skills that are going to usually make it pretty fun at a party um, and certainly um you know uh a good at a good office so uh you know with his knowing of you know my my juilliard training and everything when i got assigned canon's policy um uh, mr polo said oh he's highly qualified."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people who go to Juilliard do end up going into politics. That'd be interesting. so
2: interesting. Um, it, it, small. Well, first of all, it's not. there's not that many of us to begin with. Um, uh, you know, because I was thinking, I was I, I, So, so um, I think a better way of, of, of viewing that world is not necessarily Juilliard. Specifically, just the, that entire world of, that that cloistered world of classical music, right? Because here we have a bunch of people who, you know, spent their teenage years living in the in the 17th century, and now, like, oh, now I want to, like, you know, be a modern, like, you know, corporate cri- cor- corporate criminal, like that. It's, it's a it's a it's a it's, right? it's, it's a it's a, bit of a switch. So so one of the things that I think about is like, well, what are the skill sets? Are the, what are the skill sets that are the same, right? Because otherwise, I mean, you wouldn't be successful. And you wouldn't do right? So the skill sets are the same, I think, is um, the the, uh, the detail. And really what I mean about detail is um, the concept of absolutism, right? I think that our modern society, because of, you know, good things that we value, democratic funds, whatever, uh, and the idea that, uh, you know, you know, that, 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 you know, there's a certain amount of, um, equality, though I think equity is probably what people actually mean, and certainly what probably would I would prefer. Um, but uh, anyway, um, the, the this ideas, idea, I think, as a result, is has an, a, a general aversion to absolute absolutes, right? That things can't. Something there's always got to be a r- window for some negotiation, some window. And I think also it's nature nice our speech because I mean we're, we're humans. We want to cooperate, and cooperation requires a little bit of gray area. I think, but. Um, um, class music and, 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 and I mean other musics have their rules, of course, but you know Western uh, class music I think is particularly absolute, right? Um, it's an F or it's an F sharp. It's not what you felt like that day, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, um, and, and so so you live in this world where that is the world where it's very absolute and then you have to live in the rest of the world where it's like it's not going to be absolute and you kind of get used to being able to negotiate and do both and see them as separate and 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 and, and useful these separate things right and i think but that translate into the world of policy making is commas right because um when you're negotiating legislation whichever position you are in, whether you're the legislative staff a lobbyist whatever you are in the go in, in the process you're negotiating from your position and you want your position to win. And it's a game, which means that like somebody's going to win a little and someone's going to lose a little. And there's actually no real way to avoid that. There's not going to be a, some fair compromise. It's going to be like, what part, what did I give up to get something? And what did I get by giving something up? And, 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 you know, and, and it's going to be that, it's going to be that way. So um, that skill of, absolutism that things have a specific meaning and that's it is that way that it's an F or an F sharp um, comes into use when and negotiating is when you're doing the drafting because you know what everybody said and you know what these words mean and you kind of know how far you can go before the people are going to think that what you wrote is what they said knowing full well that <laughs> it is not that thing that it says this other thing because well sure I'll draft it don't worry about it I, I got everybody's concerns, like, like I'm going to, yeah, so blah, 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 comma, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then blah, comma, blah, 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 which is a completely different thing and exactly what I want. And then, oh, goodbye time they find that You got to go to the Supreme Court to find out then. <laughs> and I'll use and I'll and I'll use a a a good example of this. Um, a, a good example. Of this was early in you know um in my career and the, the Colorado lobbying in the Colorado legislature. I was re- representing drug policy Alliance. and there was this uh, bill that was this 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 legislative concept known as a drug endangered child bill, right? And this is a, it was a a Alec American legislative. Um, oh my God, I can't remember the acronym. Kind of, uh, American legislative and educational council, blah blah is one of these, so there's these these think tanks around, right? There's there's liberal think tanks, there's conservative think tanks, there's in-between think tanks, and they come up with legislation that, hey, you should test this bill out in your state So see if you can get this bill law passed in your state, because if you can get it passed in your state, then well you're laughing, but that's how cannabis got legalized, right? right it wasn't yeah. it, it didn't come out out, but it was the same game, it was the same game plan. It's like, well try this here. And, like but what can you sneak through that legislature? What where can you move a comma there? People are like by the time they figure it out, it's too late. <laughs> and then did you go I to just law school? <laughs> no, I did not go to law school. That is it, it, so the, the 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 common ways into, into the way I the way I um, I I think I help people understand um, the career path as far as I understand career path and and, and policy in, in general is that you end up in the legislative staff pool whether it be at the state level or the congressional level um that is what i would say is the equivalent of being an undergraduate you're in college right yeah. so like you're, you're 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 studying many subjects trying to figure out you maybe have a major maybe you don't but like you know like but you're, you're learning the ropes you're getting but what you're really doing there is that actual skill is is the rolodex which is an archaic term now right like but like um like you're you're like because again it's still a people business and it's like it's it's the most people business politics, it's in the name, it's the most it's literally people business, right? So um, you know, these people are busy, and it's a job to hear as many opinions as is practically available, which is gonna have some significant limitations based on the fact that certainly other people don't want you your opinion heard, right? It's like if I'm if I'm lobbying one way if i can avoid you getting a meeting somehow like okay right so um if i can you know say so maybe it's like well you you know you know maybe it's like maybe it's my meeting with the congressman goes a little too long or maybe it's you know my buddy who i used to smoke cigarettes outside on and of the cannon building when we're both freshmen working on staff together i say, hey yo when so-and-so calls schedule appointment just don't do it <laughs> right, because so that so 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 the so because it's it, it, it it's a, a, a and you know with a reason why like because they're gonna waste your time because this that I, the other there's reason. a
0: word for what you're describing is called politics,
2: right, 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 exactly,
0: yeah, that right, is... right, So 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 but
2: so no, I did not go to school, but but in general, I think that the, the 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 path is that either once you're done, once you're on uh, uh, on congressional staff. Um, either the, the two kind of career paths from there are you sort of either go directly into the workforce which is lobbying that's definitely the revolving door then you're just kind of start spinning or a lot of times then people then go to law school after being in staff because having a law degree is a valuable skill in this in this space and then a lot of times they end up becoming lobbyists anyway just with a lot more student debt as a result of it but um but uh, and, and, and frankly, you know, I'm not sure if, if the object not for all the aspiring lobbyists out there, you know, and like, you know, skip law school. Just 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 work for the right member of Congress. And it might take, <laughs> it might take a few, it might take a few members of Congress to get it right, which is going to be good. Which is why you don't really have time to go to law school. Just, you know, start doing that. But anyway, it's so um,
0: but, eerily similar to the entertainment industry that it's it's like it's so funny or, to me right? Or any industry.
1: It's so fun. Honestly, growing cannabis, like I don't have a degree in horticulture. I just hung out with people that grew weed and learned how to do it. And, you know, there's people who are now coming into this industry who actually do have, you know, college schooling in horticulture. And it's like, oh, yeah, but you don't know a lot. about.
2: We'll we'll see how valuable it actually is. Right. And so, you know, um, you know, you know, if someone to say, well, is Juilliard training the right training for being a lobbyist? Back to that original question, you know, is musical training the right training for being a lobbyist? I don't know. But what I do know is <laughs> that um, in going to even, uh, uh, I, going even further into the, into the rabbit hole, even more private and elite institution, you know, of the people that I went to music camp with when I was a kid, Three people in my, in my cabin, one year, are lobbyists. <laughs>
1: right, so, 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 so that, that that's a pretty high concentration. That's a good amount. That's a good amount of. <laughs> what uh, was the rock? diet there at camp?
2: <laughs> and, and and if you want to go even further, the other two are both violists. So there's some alto voicing going on here. Clarinet, the clarinet, to the violas. I mean, there's some alto voice. You know, maybe, maybe just, you know, maybe you don't get, maybe you don't get enough attention in the orchestra. I and mean, so that we just have to like, you know, that's how we act out. You know, yeah. I, I would go, <laughs>
1: just like, we can't, they, no one pays it. Let's go legislate. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like to work on cannabis legislation and now see what it all has to so, be? So I'll,
2: I'll, uh, I'll answer that question. My way finishing finish the end of the story. So the, um, there was that drug and danger child bill and, um, the, uh, uh, the object, of course, was to harass medical marijuana patients and take their kids away from pretty much any reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the way we defeated this bill was um, uh, we uh, got an amendment introduced because, so we, you know, made. I mean, of course, you know. And of course, these things I learned as a lobbyist, a lobbyist is a has similar things to being a legislative staffer. But it certainly has some things that are different. One of the things that you learn right away that's different is that you can only do things but so many times when you're a a lobbyist because you can't go running go running the day like oh congressman they're, they're no I mean you're like you're they're the
0: politics <laughs> yeah the yeah. yeah.
2: lobbyist sometimes just get fired so right so uh. uh you know, so this, is, you know, so there is, so, but there are some like, you know, um, tricks you can use. So, in this particular instance, um, they were, it was very clear to me that they had the votes to get this bill out of committee, which was dangerous, too far for you for, for my taste, cl- way too close to this thing, um, becoming law that would allow this harassment of, um, the, uh, um, medical marijuana patients who. At the end of the day is actually my constituency right yeah sure i'm, I'm lobbying drug policy lines they're not about that but who is against constituent? It's these people at the end of the day and anybody who's a lobbyist at the end of the day you are still you still have a constituency that's still people they may or may not be you know relatable or nice or whatever but there's still people who deserve to have a voice in a democracy otherwise what are we doing here right so like so like so but anyway <clears throat> um the people on the other side are the people who you know who Really felt the voice of, of child protective services and harassing parents was important. Um, you know, they, they not only did they have the voice, they had the votes, which is far more important. So um, realizing that um, I had negotiated in good faith because they had the votes, um, we did. We did, and I was like, all right, all right, let me help with drafting of language that we can all agree in because we came to this this um, what made seem like was going to be an innocuous balance point that the definition of child abuse would have to have the word and in it, right? It'd have to be two things, it'd be a conjunctive. In the original draft, it was a comma. It was this thing, comma, and that thing, so it could be one of those things. And I like, remove the comma and put the word and. It's gotta be this and this. And then I went down to legislative services and I talked to a lawyer that I knew and I was like, um, so what, how many definitions are there in the Colorado revised statutes and I'm trying to for, uh, I think I remember what the word was. Um, uh, I, anyway, the, the concept was a word, the way you describe someone as being financially harmed, right? This, this, and I was like, and he gave me this list of different contexts and this different definition. I was like, oh, this one. I want this one right here. Because the one that I picked made it so that, the end was that um, you have to demonstrate that the substance abuse is causing financial harm which means that for example, if the person works at a medical marijuana dispensary, well, not only is it not causing them harm, they're making money from it. So can't take the kids away. Or let's say the person like, oh yeah, when the topic is that person is definitely stoned out of their mind because that is allowing them to go to work in the morning, which they couldn't go before, Ah, not child abuse because not in fact it being rented and then this was the and this is one of my favorite more that my favorite thing ever happened so someone asked well what if the person was just illegally selling marijuana would that count the well, let's say the staff response was I think you would have to go to the Supreme Court to find that out
0: and
1: like,
2: <laughs> yes. Which, of course, then they now that they, they've got to pass this thing because they already said they would do it. So they, 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 the amendment's in, they pass the bill, and of course, it did to the Senate floor and dies. And the bill sponsor voted against it because obviously now we did the exact opposite of what they wanted it to do. So uh, that's why <laughs> I say <said laughs> those skill sets come in because yeah, you just you got to watch those commas. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: we're, we're absolutely we're, amazing.
2: Yeah. So so where are we on that? So where we are now is that instead of you know these bills that are trying to like have people's kids taken away because they're using medical marijuana being the commonplace, now you have at least conversations about record expungement, right? I mean nobody's doing a whole lot, but at least it's you know the the, the pendulum swung to the and then again and and I might have said this at the beginning, you know, I think that you know, when I first started this work, it was certainly controversial work. It was leading edge work. Now, at least in Colorado's legislature, it's just like you know one of the clients you have. I mean, like you know, like you know, uh, if you're a if you're a lobbyist in Colorado, your portfolio is probably gas and grass, right? I mean, because you because that's what you're doing. It's an oil and gas state, and it's cannabis <laughs> state. You're in this, that's a law. but, you know,
0: know,
2: Well, you know, we, we were, we, 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 well, that that was not actually not going to joke. It's not going to joke. And you're a comedian.
0: (laughs) I can do it. I can do it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, But, you know, you know, the, um, you know, I remember a session where I worked and we, in Colorado, we have a part-time legislature, um, 120 days. Uh, where I worked on, you know, about 40 bills. This year, one. So that's it. And, and, and the bill is about um, just keeping in law what is already existing, which is allowing um, the trees to do curbside delivery um, during the pandemic, right? Now, remember, you got to remember that until the pandemic, it was like, oh, my God, you cannot you, – you you have to, like, be inside – Behind a double secret door, under cameras to sell cannabis. and I was like, "Yeah, hey, it's ahead and do it in the alley. That's fine." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we, so that now, that's not to say that, um, though that the the culture war aspect of this is not so long going. So, if you watch, you know, here I am saying that, you know, oh well, you know, it's 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 fine, and, and, and bold is great, and you can just go buy cannabis from the helping hands in an alley helping hands is my um cannabis is who's my client so I can't help but pitch some on Boulder and Pearl Street that's the, the best and now my dog's gonna start barking when I'm trying to do the, the play that's great great logo that's great
1: <laughs> don't worry this happened in Humboldt too so <laughs> <laughs> been the tradition um, going.
2: Yeah. But so you know, you know you know I you know I, I say things like oh well you know it's it's great now like you know you can get a uh logo that's enough you can get you can get curbside delivery from Hands cannabis 10 to 7 you know seven days a week no big deal um, in downtown boulder but on the other hand if you were to watch the boulders uh, city boulders cannabis licensing advisory board you would think goes 1954 with the sort of thing to talk about and literally last thing they had they spent about two hours discussing whether or not they should require 18 year old patients to get paper now, I can remember this, Boulder, Colorado, hippie, let's recycle, reduce reuse, use, right? Boulder, paper, paper, uh, written out prescriptions every time they had to go to the dispensary from their medical mari. So, so, so because, because political institutions are small, sea conservative institutions, right? They change slower. They're designed to not change. The people involved in them were there before. So they have these old mindsets, and um, you'll believe this very easily. I I was a used car salesman for many years, and there was a (coughs) –
1: No
0: way. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, I I had a customer. I think I bought like four cars in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was actually six. He he did you good. He did you really good.
2: Don't worry. don't 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 get get it, bill. You'll like it. Um, so so I, 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 I had a client, um, this old gentleman, and he, he um, served on this uh, water board in Colorado, and I guess you're all over in Oregon, so it's probably, maybe it's not quite as bad there, but you're in Colorado, I mean, I mean, you're basically king from water board, and that's a big deal. Um, and he was talking about, you know, and again, yeah, this guy was quite my senior, like still is, this 20 years ago, he was still 20, so as a, a lot older. Um, and he was talking about some reasonable policies that he wanted to do, which I thought like, that was already backwards, but he thought we're cutting edge things. And he was like, you know, it's just funeral policy. We're not going to get these changes until somebody dies. Right. And there is some truth in that, right. That, 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 that you know, if um, it's not someone's fault that they had a mindset that was put into place 20 years ago, and then it, it then, you know, and those 20 years, 70 years happened, right? <laughs> and, and, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes you could do your whole career and, like, you know, it's been ba- – you, you could have a career in public for 50 years and have nothing happen. And sometimes you can have a career for five years and, you know, a century happens in that time period, right? So that's – and I think in, in for um, particularly people in public health, and believe me, I am not defending them, um, I'm just – acknowledging that, you know, that I I see where they're coming from. Um, You know, they just did the We're going to get rid of cigarettes thing. And now everyone wants to smoke everywhere. And (laughs) they have to have this like intellectual space where the activity is different. because, yes, is it about the substance? Sure. Sort of. Right. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I am not going to dispute that. you, you, that, that there's that there's no effect of either cannabis or tobacco positive or negative because otherwise no one would do it. There's obviously some effect, right? <clears throat> um, the question is who, what, where, when, how, how much, and there's there's a lot there's a lot of gradient there. But well, that's the thing. There's a lot of gradient there. So how do you legislate with all this gradient? You can't. You just got to pick somewhere and say this is my line. I'm sticking to my line, and I'll, I'll move my line when someone gives me a reason that moving my line doesn't change my life, right? <clears throat> and so, um, you know, if, if you're a person who's like, well, I've spent the past 20 years getting rid of, like, a no more cigarettes, no cigarettes, bad smoking, is bad, like, I, it's going to take a person a while, that person a while to see that, oh, but a cannabis hospitality lounge is a totally different thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not saying they're not capable of seeing it. I'm saying but on the first day,
0: I mean, okay. they wouldn't have been doing the job. I was, in, I was in Austin, no. Texas last week, and sat and got CBD coffee. Uh, for I got it. the deal was I got a CBD, CBD, actually a Delta Eight joint, and a CBD coffee for ten dollars together. That was the deal. And then I sat outside uh, on the sidewalk of a strip mall and smoked and had a conversation with the owner and i was like i live in los angeles california where it's completely legal and i can't do this and that that's makes right. me insane because <laughs> that's, i'm in that's, texas doing it
2: <laughs> that's exactly right um and, and it's same in colorado i mean and i that um uh, i mean i don't think it's and of course all of these things are subject to who and where of course but um You know, I think it's certainly the case that personal behavior that people used to not care about because of the understanding that caring about it was too much, right? Like, I mean, I might care that someone's smoking a joint outside of my store. I might not care enough for them to have a felony, right? But now, if it's like, yeah, I want you to get a $25 ticket, you asshole. You're smoking in front of my goddamn store. Cop, come give this guy a $25 ticket. Right? So it's, there is, you know, we're still, well, all these interactions are still involving people who are people who, like, you know, I, I, I and, you know, like, I I, 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 I don't know how this is going to sound, come from the lives, but I, I just can't help but believe that. I mean, and this goes back to the whole thing that, you know, it's, it's it's sometimes you have to balance what you know about somebody from what they say because, you know, they made <laughs> But, you know, I, I even from um, spending years in the lobby pool, which has some of the antisocial features that people suspect it has, but also that maybe in some instances, those behaviors are actually serving a useful social cooperative purpose in, those, in that particular context, for on the one hand. And on the other hand, that even if not, so what? Um, because at the end, there was a result. So somebody must have cooperated for there to be a result, right? <clears throat> because even if a bill fails, that is a result. That means somebody got together, was like, here is I want these people here want this to happen, so we other people don't want it to happen, and so now it didn't happen. It may have manifested in a way that the proponents don't view as cooperative, right? <laughs> you know, they might have they discredited you and said that you're wrong and that you're stupid and you're ugly and whatever it is, and that's why your bill should go down, right? But those people were working together, so. We are so cooperative, right? That I that, that just think that we're not going to get past that. Our So I do think that in terms of how um, the cannabis consumer is treated inequitably by the uh, non cannabis consumer, because I don't want to suggest that that's always the case, but we're talking about the instances when it is the case. <clears throat> Um, I think that, yeah, you're going to tend to find that um, the non cannabis consumer is going to be more motivated to treat the cannabis consumer inequitably if it's legal, because the con- they know it's not that big of a deal. Like their, their convenience is now clearly more important than you're not going to jail. Because <laughs> you're not going to jail. So I, mean, I now, So now it's really your convenience against my convenience. And my convenience is always going to win that because that actually is a species of co-op. You may not like the outcome, but it's cooperative. I'm cooperating with people inside my store who also didn't want to see it. Right. So that's what I'm cooperating with. I'm just not cooperating with you. I'm cooperating with other people. And as a result, i cooperate with other people. You got to go. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think that, so I think that, that, I think that's, you know, a, what I think, I think that's why we see that. Cause even in, I think even within Colorado, right. when uh, We look at <clears throat> um, a city like Boulder, which is, Relatively backward-looking in terms of things like certainly uh, um, its regulatory policy for its cannabis businesses, but you know, even moving forward, things like cannabis hostalities. You know, whereas conservative carl Springs, home of you know the folks and family, has had cannabis lounges for ten years, right? So they have it.
1: It's so interesting, gang, to hear the way that the sausage is made, basically. <laughs>
0: i, I mean, could i love been, it i could listen to the whole i could listen to it for like four or five more hours so we may call you back if, <laughs> oh, if you can <laughs> i'll just send you, you some today, of that right? willie's remedy cbd coffee right before and just let you go because i love i love seeing how this politics sausage is made because it is i have some lawyer friends and that's what i say i'm like so it's commas right and uh one of them just laughs and he's always like i mean it's more than that, but if you want to say that, yes. Yes, it is a <laughs> lot of he gets mad. <laughs> but I I like to just like I'm a comedian, so I like to boil things down to this like one stupid silly point. And I'm yeah. like, what you do basically is commas and words that we don't use a lot. And he was like, I hate how right you are, but yes.
2: <laughs> well it's it's because because you know, um uh, so I, I will do a little more plugging um, once you once you come to Boulder and went downtown to Helping Hands Cannabis and found some place to legally consume all the, the excellent, different poison. Um, yeah, I okay. With, I, I was down with um, um, uh, Colin woodard's book, American Nations, and the premise of this book is that the reason why we that our um, continental political system is so dysfunctional, and to a lesser lesser extent, um, certain states are significantly more dysfunctional than others, is because uh, there is the human aspect to the political process, right? And then there is the the nuts and bolts. And the nuts and bolts don't really care about (laughs) cultural aspects because they're designed to not do that. The whole point is that they don't do the whole point of having this thing of the state is that it's neutral arbiter between like, well, you know, I'm not quite really sure why I think you're wrong. And it has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, your grandfather came from northern Italy and my grandfather came from southern Italy. And now I live in northern New Jersey and even southern New Jersey. Has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with these ancient political rivalries from that I can't you saying why. I just think you're wrong.
1: Because you're saying <laughs> the
2: exact thing I'm saying, but you're saying it backwards. So therefore you're wrong. Right. And so and, and so um Colin Woodard explains this phenomenon because um because we are a multicultural nation, a nation of willing and unwilling immigrants. Um, and, 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 any, and any species of refugee from any number of places and any number of times. Uh, <clears throat> um, what happens in this mishmash is that uh, <clears throat> these cultural tensions have to find a way to manifest themselves in a way that allows us to not feel like we're a bigot, right? <clears throat> I, have to, I have to find some reason that's intellectual why disagree with this person that I have no business disagreeing with, right? So I have to somehow invent them to be this other. I, they have to be witched somehow, right? And I think that um, to the extent that there is still controversy in Canada's policy, and I think that because that action is now moving down to more local levels, because state governments have become more sophisticated on this sort of things, making sort of behavior less tolerable, although it used to be very tolerable, um, that um, what you see remaining is this, these culture war hangovers. Like it's, you know, if, I'm, if you're smoking a joint outside of my coffee shop, it's gonna be more than just you're smoking a joint if I'm gonna do something about it. There's gonna be all these other cultural overlays that are gonna determine whether or not I'm gonna say, hey, could you move down the street? Or I'm not gonna to talk to you at all, I'm just gonna call the cops. Or if I'm gonna come out and join you, right? There's, there's, because all of those things are, are potential responses and, and they're not governed by the relevant law, right? Because if they were governed by the law, there should only be one response. But we all know there's not, right? Yeah. So, 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 so um, I think that it's, um, I think we could all do ourselves uh, 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 a big favor to understand on how many levels we're operating, we're operating in these systems, and and, and embrace it because it's not—they're not necessarily bad things. It's just—it's just It's just, inf- it's just data, it's just information. Because if you don't, the people who do know about it are certainly manipulating you because they know what you're doing, why you're doing it. So they're going to be one step ahead of you every time. So it's better just like you know what. I should be, I should go into a situation aware that, you know, because of my life experiences and my tendency to see the world a certain way, I'm going to have these biases and certain blind spots. So when I come across them, I should be aware of them because first of all, this person might just be right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. No, I I do think if we called him as soon as the phone picked up, he would just keep talking. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think he just has a lot to say. But I do mean it in a funny way because he has a lot to say. <laughs> he also went to Juilliard and was like kind of cool about that. And then just like he's kind of funny and dismissive about it, which is like the funny way to be about all that. It's just everyone we've talked to in Colorado is interesting and has a uh, just they're just multi-layered people and i think that's what we're trying to get across in this whole podcast it's like putting a face on these people and hearing their stories and be like this plant there's a reason these really really wonderful good-hearted intelligent highly intelligent and motivated people are are so pro this plant you guys It helps their brains just do all the things. Let your nerdy aunt that's probably anti, just those uptight ladies who are like, well, I like music. Let her, let them listen to old Juilliard here. Play this episode. Yeah. be like, just that's who we're trying to reach. Like say, oh, you don't, like you think it's a drug? He's one of the best clarinetist, whatever that is. Clinetist.
1: Clarinados.
0: Clarinado. That sounds cool. I don't think that's it either. (laughs) But you guys hit up Sean, find him on the internet. He'll be in the details. You can find him there. You can hit us up at grown local pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you got any questions, hit us up at grown local pod at gmail.com. You can find Mike and I on the details of this episode as well. Also, Patreon-wise, we do have a lot of bonus. We let, we try to not to let Mike nerd out uh, because it's above most people's heads and it is kind of, it's, it's, inter- it's interesting. It's like hearing a really long rap song where no one breathes. But we let him do that on our Patreon and then he's also teaching me and a Green Beret, named Justin Lassick, how to grow uh, some of the best cannabis in the world in our tent in our back in our garages with some living soil that we get to use over and over and over again allegedly you guys this is the best grow your own thank you so much for supporting and listening send your favorite episode to somebody that that needs to hear it
1: grow your own thank you Slee. Sleep, grow your own